wanted to share a couple of things that I heard the Lord speak this week. You know, when Peter and Peter and John healed the man in Acts chapter 2 outside the beautiful gate, it really just struck me. You know, years ago, I, I wrote a line, um, no more will I sit at the beautiful gate. You know, there are people that are maimed or crippled or paralyzed uh, emotionally, physically, maybe in relationships, maybe from their past, from their childhood, maybe, maybe things that went on at school or whatever. And the thing is, is that, you know, those people um, and, and all of us were, were there and are, you know, on a journey of healing ourselves. And the thing is, is that um, I just want to speak that word over you. No more will you sit at the beautiful gate for his beautiful love heals your sickness and pain. And so as you realize how much God loves you and how he is the author of life and that life flows from him. You know, the word of God says that the life of the body is in the blood. And that's why Jesus shed his blood for us. People, you know, they, they, they hear about the blood or they hear, you know, and there's all kinds of things t talked about Jesus and, and they see pictures of Jesus up on the cross and wonder, you know, what was he doing there? Why did he have to go there? Well, he shed his blood so that we could be given a covenant of peace with God forever. And he came to reveal the father's love for his sheep, for his children. That's why he said, I am the good shepherd and I go after the one. And you know, that guy that day that was sitting at that gate, beautiful, it's in Acts chapter two, you should read it. Um, he, he was sitting there and he was, you know, brought there every day, it said, for 40 years. Um, he, he, he was brought there every day to beg and because that's the only thing that he could contribute to his family was to beg and to get some some uh, you know arms that would that would uh, keep his family in some bit of you know that was his only contribution to make and we just think about all those people today and, and you know ourselves our families we've all been there and and many are still you know on a journey out of that place and uh, we just bring these people to you today you know and he looked it says that he saw Peter and John coming in and that Peter looked at him and and uh, that Peter said to him look at us and so the man looked at them expecting to get something from them and Peter said silver and gold I don't have and you know that doesn't mean that Peter was poor it, by any means it doesn't mean that at all it probably just means that you know he just went to he was going to church he didn't need any money and uh, he said look at us I, silver and gold I don't have I have nothing on me but what I do have I give you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth rise up and be healed and it said that he caught the man and pulled him up and that that the man's ankle bones feet and ankle bones received strength and he stood and leaped on his feet leaping and praising God and all of those in the temple were amazed and they they looked and they said is this the guy that was sitting out there with 40 years because he looked totally different and that's what the, the power of God does to a person's life is it transforms them and changes them and many people are living far below where God has ordained for us to live they're living weak uh, physically weak 
spiritually weak. They're living, you know, uh, they're living with, with all kinds of pain or sorrows or griefs or trauma or different things that are going on, problems in family. And they're living far below. And if you go with me to Psalm number one, in Psalm 1, and this is what I heard the Lord speak, and I want to speak it over you and over your family um, uh, for this year coming. There's two types of people mentioned in Psalm 1. There's those who love the Lord, who delight in him, actually, it says. And there's the wicked. And... You know, we often think of, well, the wicked are the evil people or, you know, but actually the word of God translates wicked to mean unbelief. So basically, you know, God considers uh, unbelievers to be wicked because they won't believe in him. And what happens is, is that they open themselves up to all kinds of wickedness. They open themselves up to all kinds of disaster and destruction. And... Um, I was just thinking about, you know, when when God told Moses to tell all the people, you know, each family to take a lamb. This was a sim symbolic of the lamb of God, of Jesus, his son, yet to come. And he had them do like a practical object lesson. And he said, you know, take a lamb, an unblemished, perfect lamb, and uh, take that lamb and take the blood of the lamb and put the blood of that lamb over your doorpost across the top and down the sides of your doorpost because the angel of death is coming and anywhere the angel of death sees the blood he cannot cross the line of the blood he will not enter in there and anybody who's inside in that house must stay inside behind the protection of the blood and eat the lamb he said, and when you eat the lamb, uh, you know, to eat every bit of the, the roasted lamb. And what happened was, was that lamb fortified those people so that Psalm 105, I think it is, tells us that they came out of Egypt. They came out of slavery, having been subjected to, to such harshness and cruelty all their lives. They came out of Egypt and not one of them was feeble or infirm in any way. Every one of them walked in divine health and they stay that way out in the wilderness for 40 years, you know, healthy and well and strong. And that's the other reason that Jesus died on the cross. His body was broken. He gave his body. He gave not just his blood for our forgiveness of our sins and to bring us back to the Father, to right standing, washing us, because we could never pay for our sins. But he gave his body to be broken, whipped, beaten, mutilated. Uh, he was, they pulled out his beard. They tore his beard out of his face. They, they, they dishonored him in every way possible. They, they subjected him to abuse, mocking, rejection, cursing, spitting. You know, it's, it's unknown what they did to him. People have no picture of, of the truth of what Jesus endured, but we do have because every single thing that we have ever gone through, whatever that is, whether it's any kind of abuse, any kind of lack or, or betrayal or mocking or rejection, Jesus, the, the Hebrews tells us, has already endured it so that we could be set free and that it could be broken off us. So there was a twofold, a twofold reason for the cross. And... Um, 
So there's two types of people here but in Psalm 1. But what God told Moses was anyone, whoever, Egyptians, unbelievers, anybody, if they want, they can be inside in your house behind that blood and they won't be touched once they don't come outside. The life of the body is in the blood and it's, the, it's what Satan recognizes. He recognizes the name of God, the name of Yeshua, the name above all names, and he recognizes the blood that Jesus shed. And so going into this year, this is going to be key for people to understand because there is, you know, there are times, the times we're living in are perilous times. There are times of deception and times of destruction. And we need to be grounded and rooted in the love of God and in the truth of his word. And so this, the first Psalm, it, it lays out these two types of people, the believers and the unbelievers, the righteous and the wicked. That's what, what they're looked at in God's eyes. And he says, oh, the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked or stand around with sinners or join in with mockers but they delight in the law of the Lord meditating on it day and night they are like trees planted along the riverbank bearing fruit each season their leaves never wither and they prosper in all they do well this word just really struck me their leaves never wither you know withering is uh, is a, an indication of something dying. It's an indication of death. And when God had the Israelites put the blood over the doorpost, that blood ensured life because that death was, that angel of death, uh, that destruction was passing through the land. And anyone who did not have the blood was subjected to the spirit of death. And so, you know, um, it's what Jesus laid out about, about the enemy, Satan. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Kill and destroy. Steal, kill, and destroy. That's all Satan's objective is. But Jesus said, I came that you would have life and have it to the full. So God is the author of life. And that's why Leviticus 17 says, the life of the body is in the blood. We are the body of Christ. As we have joined here together, we are all individuals, but together we're the body of Christ. We are the church, the ecclesia, the called out ones. You know, uh, we are the believers, the ones who follow Jesus. And so therefore, the life that flows through us is the blood of Jesus Christ. He brings life. And whatever situation you're facing, you know, for people who are facing situations where there's perhaps some kind of sickness or something wrong in a body or whatever, you need to plead the blood of Jesus. You need to understand, first of all, what the blood of Jesus was for, was for forgiving us, washing us and cleansing us of all of our sins, of all of our shame and our guilt, of all of the wrongdoing we did, and that it brought us back into right standing with God. But also, that blood, uh, it, there's life in it. And so we can then ask the Lord Jesus, Lord, will you give me a transfusion, a spiritual transfusion of your blood in my life, in my body, in my brain, or in my whoever in, that you're praying for, for their body, for a transfusion of your blood to bring life and, and fresh uh, oxygen from heaven through every part of their body. And so look what he said here. This is you he's talking about. 
Just say this with me. I am like a tree planted. That's verse 3. I am like a tree along the riverbank. I bear fruit each season. My leaves will never wither and I will prosper. Have peace. Complete peace in everything I do. Because God is with me. We just saw that in, in Exodus. That God promised, I will go with you and I will be and I will be with you, and I will give you peace. I will give you rest. That beautiful Psalm 23, it says, he makes me lie down. And that's what I've been hearing from the Lord, is that, you know, we need to understand more than ever how we, it's the only time the Lord tells us to strive in the Bible. We just sang it there, um, you know, don't strive, be at peace, trust the Lord. The only time he told us to strive, he said, strive to enter his rest. Because it's a scramble. Because everything around you is trying to pull you away into disaster scenarios, into fear, into worry, into whatever, sickness or disease. Everything. The enemy is, is unleashing an onslaught against God's, uh, against the body of Christ to try and derail people and to stop them from entering his rest. And that's why the Lord said, you must become like little children. We have to, you know, unlearn all of the, the analysis, <laughs> you know, all of the, the um, trying to sort everything out or figure everything out or try to control. We have to unlearn those things and relearn trust, simple childlike trust. And so enter his rest and um, praise God. I want to go back to that word, your leaf shall not wither. In, um, in Revelation uh, 20, I think it's 22, it says uh, that John had a vision of all of these trees being planted along the riverbank. And he said they, they bore fruit each month, just as what the Lord said here in Psalm 1. And they bore fruit each month. And the leaves of the trees were for the healing of the nations. Will I tell you what that's talking about? It's talking about your children. It's talking about your families, those who you're praying for, your spiritual children. He's talking about the fruit you're bearing. You know, your children are the fruit of your body. Your, your spiritual children are the fruit of your ministry. Your, even in your work, you know, you may be working and, and mentoring young people or mentoring others, even older people. And, and the thing is, is that you've been put in that place for such a time as this to bear fruit not to be harsh and cruel, but to, in fact, uh, you know, pour, pour everything that you have and that you know into them. Uh, and to see them, uh, you know, blossoming. Uh, so this is something I want to say to you. Where, wherever your, your children, your spiritual children, your work or whatever, where there's any kind of failure or any kind of, of problems, you need to realize you are a tree planted by streams of living water. The water is flowing from the throne of God. Jesus is the living water. And um, 
his water is coming. He said, you are clean because of the word I've spoken to you. So his word is, is like clean water to us. That's why we study his word. That's why we come to church. Because our minds need to be renewed. We need to be washed out of all the garbage that we've been contaminated with in the world. We've been defiled. We've been defiled by, by uh, you know, toxic, traumatic, um, difficult, um, unclean things that we've been involved with. But the word of God washes us and cleanses us. And then he said, Jesus said, because of you being clean, out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. Hallelujah. And so as we go into this year, we, 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 let's, let's pray this together. Father God, I declare according to your word that I am like a tree planted by streams of living water. And therefore, I am blessed. I am thriving in your presence. And I am bearing fruit in my life, my family, my work, my ministry, and my mind. Listen, it's not just about, you know, the outward things. It's about the inner, the inner parts of you. And so, you know, the enemy is a liar. And he brings all kinds of lies and deceptions to try and shut people down from their destiny. To block the things that God has planned for them. And your destiny is your fruit. The fruit that you bear. And so we say this, Father God, Father God I, declare, I declare my fruit is blessed, my fruit is blessed because, I because I am thriving in your presence, in your presence washed, by your word, washed by your word. And I declare, and I declare my, leaves my leaves shall not wither. Shall not wither. And, any and any place where the enemy has brought in destruction, where death has come, I now speak life. I now speak life. Life. Because you're the God who gives life. Even to the dead things. Dead hopes. Dead desires. Dead dreams. Dead destiny. Even for my family members. Or my children. Whatever Satan has stolen from them. Lord, I, I know that you are the one who restores. You restore life. In Jesus' name. Amen. I wanted to, you to really think about that. And when you look at your children or when you look at your co-workers or you look at your business or you look at your bank account, listen, your leaf shall not wither. Your leaf shall not wither. In Isaiah chapter 61, God says that we are great oaks of righteousness and that we will rebuild the desolate places. You know, where there's been desolation, where, where death has come in or where failure or whatever, listen, God is the rebuilder. He's the restorer. And while there's life in the body there's hope and so you know as we speak life and as we release the life that comes from the blood of Jesus Christ hallelujah a transfusion of that life-giving blood into whatever it is even if it's some kind of a dead organ maybe it's a, a toe that you know has got even frostbite or something I don't know whatever it is nerves maybe that are that are dead and gone or something that the doctor said is hopeless you need to release the transfusion of the blood of Jesus 
Christ, of the life of God into that organ, into that person or whatever it is. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So the, you're, and um, one other thing is, is Proverbs chapter 20, verse 7. Okay, sorry for taking so long. We're nearly finished. Proverbs um, chapter 20 and verse 7. It says, the godly walk with integrity. Blessed are their children who follow them. And so, you know, you are the godly. If you believe in Jesus Christ, if you have asked Jesus to be your Lord and Savior, if you believe that his blood has washed you of your sins, you have been made righteous. It's not that you are holy or that you are righteous by some great thing you've done yourself. It is because of his blood, he has given us the gift of righteousness. And so we now have, you, you are as right today with God. You must believe that, you know, because that's where the enemy is tricking people. He's getting people to be condemned and to, you know, be accused in their minds. He's getting others to point the finger and accuse and slander and gossip. He's getting people ourselves to condemn ourselves. Oh God, I'm no good. Oh Lord, I never learned anything. Oh, you know, and, and that's the greatest lie you can believe. And that's why you must become like a little child because you tell a little child something and they believe you. You know, we've spoken here the last few weeks and months, you know, what would it be like if you actually lived your life like the word of God was actually true? What would your life look like? It would be very different. And so the godly, you are the godly. Say, I am the godly. I am the, <laughs> I am the righteousness, I am righteousness of, God of God in Christ Jesus, in Christ Jesus. because of his blood. He washed me, forgave me, cleansed me, and brought me back in peace with God. I am as right today as I ever will be. Help me, O oh God, to overcome strongholds of condemnation, of unbelief and doubt and wickedness. I repent of it. And I thank you, Jesus, for the price you paid. My sheet says, paid in full. It does. That's what it says. When God opens that book, it says paid in full. It says redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. That's why your name is in the Lamb's book of life. Praise the Lord. So you are the righteousness of God. Well, what did that say? The righteous walk in integrity and their children are blessed after them. In, in, in Psalm 112, Mag is always reading it. In Psalm 112, it says that, you know, your children will be mighty on the earth. Your children, you know, even if you don't have biological children, it's, it's actually the fruit, the fruit that you have produced. Because children are the fruit of the womb, the word of God tells us. And so, you know, the fruit that you have produced in your life, your work, your, your ministry, your, your spiritual children, those who you speak into, who you pray for. Listen, we should be praying more. 
We should be praying more for our work colleagues. We should be praying more for our government, praying more for our young people, for our elderly, praying more for those working in the HSC and working in the guards, working in all these organizations where, where there's so much corruption. And, and you know, you have people who show up to work in those places every day. And you just say to yourself, how do they even go in there? How do they even face into that? Look at what the guards face every day. Look at what the, the, the nurses and doctors have to the conditions and, and the total lack of organization and, and often very much corruption and all kinds of crap they're dealing with every day. How do those people go in there every day? Listen, we the church should be praying for those people. We should be praying. And, and then what happens is, is that those that we're praying and ministering to, they become our spiritual children. Not some kind of voodoo, doo-doo, witchcraft, weird thing, but where someone has actually got the heart of God. This is the only opportunity we have in this life before we get to heaven to demonstrate the love of God to people who know nothing about it. To demonstrate God's glory and his power. Hallelujah. This is the only opportunity we have to demonstrate the love of God. Let's do that. And let's see that God doesn't want these leaves to be withering. He doesn't want to see people being destroyed. He wants to see life being breathed upon them. That's why he said to Ezekiel, he asked Ezekiel a question. You know, anytime you see God asking a question in the Bible, you need to, to really watch and look at that. He said to Ezekiel, when Ezekiel saw this valley of dry, dry bones, dead bodies everywhere, no more flesh left, just bones, dried and withered in the sun. And God said to him, can these bones live? Can they live? Prove me and, sh and I'll show you. And he said, speak to them. And so um, Ezekiel prophesied to the bones. And he prophesied to the bones, live. And suddenly there was a great rattling and all the bones came together and formed back into human bodies and flesh came on them. And he says, well now, Ezekiel, can they live? And he said, but they were all there, they were lifeless. And he said, prophesy to the wind. We are to be prophesying and praying for, for all of those in our, in our circle. Yes. And praise God, you know, that's where the, that's where the fruit is going to be. That's where the revival is going to be. Amen. Amen? Okay, well, I'll leave you alone. Let's just see. What else did he say? I'd like... Um, yield, yes, love, the love of God, yes, the life of the body is in the blood. Um, yeah, God is the author of life. Um, praise the Lord. Enter his rest. Repent. You need to, you know, maybe you need to repent of trying to sort and analyze and figure everything out. Uh, repent of procrastination. <laughs> yes, Rose. Um, give your brain a break. <laughs> um, and... Yeah, simpleness of heart, childlike faith. God said it, it's true, it's done, it's paid for in full, amen, and so be it. Praise God. And um, one final one maybe about entering his rest in Ezekiel, um, Ecclesiastes 6, 9. Ecclesiastes. Um, it's like after the book of Proverbs.
If you look at um, Ecclesiastes 6 from um, verse 7 to 9. All people spend their lives scratching for food, but they never seem to have enough. So are wise people really better off than fools? Do poor people gain anything by being wise and knowing how to act in front of others? Enjoy what you have rather than desiring what you don't have. Just dreaming about nice things is meaningless, like chasing the wind. Enjoy what you have. And so, you know, as you go into this year, as I said, people are prepping, storing food, building bunkers. Apparently all the billionaires are all building bunkers. Well, you know, the bunker won't save them. The only thing that we need to know is the blood of Jesus Christ and the fact that our God is our shepherd. He's our good shepherd. He provides everything we need. He brings restoration, refreshment, provision, peace, joy. He brings it all. And his advice is this. Enjoy what you have. Will you say that with me? I will enjoy what I have. I will enjoy what I have. Rather than desiring, Rather than desiring what I don't have. Yeah. Did you say that with meaning? Uh, okay, try it again. I will enjoy, I enjoy what, I have, what I have rather than desiring, rather than desiring what, I don't have. what I don't have. Amen. Amen. You know, the thing is, is that I always remember that song um, from the like, I think it was the 70s or the 80s. It was Charlene and it was called I've Never Been to Me. Oh, I've been to... Greece and the Isle of whatever um, and all this but I've never been to me and she said you know what, what truth is is that uh, you know the, that family you have the man you have the husband you have the children you have that's what truth is and she said people are are looking for you know what's being projected as being the true the true greatness or the true happiness or the true joy and I don't think that's ever changed even to this day people are still looking for what they don't have thinking that when I get that or when I get there or when I'm this holy or when I'm this perfect everything's going to be perfect and it's not and I think of you know um, my own um, somebody who uh, passed away belonged to us uh, a long time ago uh, and and uh, his wife was left and she said it's the smallest things that you miss the most she said it's like getting up in the morning, cleaning out the fire, or making the tea. It's the smallest things. And, you know, they're the things that people take for granted. And they're thinking and looking at what the dream is, you know, what's being projected on the TV or in the, in the latest trend, or you must have this and you must have that, and you're no good if you don't do this. Listen, that's all baloney. And the thing is, is that what you have is where God has, has blessed you. And it may not be perfect, but the thing is, is that as you lean into him he will perfect that which concerns you and you know he'll change you and change your outlook on it so we just release that for for this year lord that you would oh god that you would be with us and that you would grant us your peace lord that we will really enter into that rest and see lord the blessings that we have you know the jobs we have the 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 wages we have the 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 life we have lord the car we have the home the bed we have whatever it is even if it's miserable and meager listen it's it's yours and you have it and and as we look after that lord that you would have us to to really cherish it and and be thankful for it and and look after it because that's what he said he said you know occupy till i come 
And so, you know, there's, it's not just about existing. And we need to be very, very um, intentional about how we are living, that we're not just existing and just blah, whatever. You know, and that's a lot of why people are always looking for something else and that they don't treasure what they have because they're not cherishing it and they're not, they're not stewarding it. We've become, we have been put on this earth to steward to steward what we've been given. And um, so, Lord, we pray that even as we go into this year, that we will steward well Amen. and that we will see increase as you increase, as we yield to you. Let's pray that, Father, Father in, the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, just as John spoke, just as John spoke he, must increase, he must increase and I must decrease. I, must decrease. I humble myself I before humble you. Myself. I ask you to forgive me for the mistakes I've made, the things I've overlooked, and I, I thank you for how you have blessed me, most of all, for knowing you and knowing that I'm right with you. Lord Jesus, as I yield to you, I surrender and I ask you to fill me with more power, Holy Spirit, fire, and Lord, that you will fulfill all your plans and you will perfect all that concerns me. You will contend with him who contends with me. And you will save my children. And my leaves will thrive and will not wither. In Jesus' name, amen.
Thank you, Lord.